Welcome, friends, to episode number six of the Engineering Quality Control Podcast, a podcast focused on helping engineering professionals ensure that their projects are of the highest quality. The show will provide strategies and concepts to help you address quality control on all of your projects. I am your host, Brian Wagner, a licensed professional engineer. And in this episode of the Quality Control Podcast, I will be talking about my five-part framework for quality control and discuss the fifth and final aspect and maybe the most rewarding and engaging aspect of the framework. And it's also known as tweak. So let's jump right in. Before we take a deeper dive into the tweak phase or aspect of the framework, I just want to recap the first four steps or four aspects or ideas in this framework. First being gather. This is second nature for a lot of experienced engineers and professionals, as I've mentioned before, but it's maybe needs to be more purposeful even for the experienced people, but it's making sure that you understand the expectations, what the regulations are, what the client expectations are, what your firm standards are, and just making sure that you're meeting all those general ethical and engineering and architectural principles. Second aspect is the review. That's where the rubber meets the road and where we actually look at the plans or the deliverable that we're working on. It's where we ask questions. It's where we check for technical errors. It's when we think about whether or not the solution that's being provided or the results that are being provided are the best for those expectations. Now, the evaluate phase is a purposeful pause in the process to make sure that you don't stray too far away from those expectations and that you get those questions answered at the appropriate time by the appropriate people. And then you have the action phase, and that's when you make those corrections, make those changes, make those improvements, develop and finish out that best product, that best deliverable that we're all trying to get to. And we'll repeat the REA, the review, evaluate, and action phases as many times as necessary. But when you're ready to deliver the deliverable, that's pretty much wrapping up those first four phases and finishing out your action phase by delivering the deliverable. But here's the thing. The quality control and quality management process does not stop with the delivery of the deliverable. Let me repeat that. The quality management process for a project does not stop when the product or project has been delivered. There's one more step, and it's critical to the success and long-term success of your team. And this step is where we really start to transition. The first four is really focused on creating that deliverable, providing the client with what they expect for the value that you're being paid to produce it, the value of the work, the time, and the investment of the team and the staff. It's all focused on that deliverable. But this fifth step, while it still takes into account the deliverable, it's really about who created the deliverable. It's really about making sure that your team is producing the best work and you're investing in your team. And I say that because it's hard to keep doing the right things if you're not sure if you're doing the right thing. So I have a six-step process to work through with your team after the project is delivered. Now, it may not be 
in like land development world, you deliver the product and then review agencies comment on it, clients comment on it, it comes back and you go back through the process. But eventually that process gets to the contractor and gets to construction. In other aspects, you do maybe geotechnical testing, you do your analysis, you produce a report, you report essentially produce a final report that you then deliver to the client or the other engineers that can then use that information for their own work. And maybe after it's completely built and the project itself, the overarching project that you contribute to is finished, that may be the appropriate time to move into this step. It's not necessarily immediately after the deliverable. Now, it can be, and it can be done in a couple different ways, but this stems back from an experience I had some 15, 18 years ago now. It's when I worked at 911, and I had the unfortunate experience of dealing with a critical incident stress scenario, and that opened the door to experiencing a critical incident stress debriefing. So the situation that happened, and I'm not going to go into a ton of detail, but essentially, there were emergency responders on the scene of a call, and the homeowner committed suicide while they were there. You may say, well, you were a dispatcher, you weren't directly there, you weren't involved, and that's true. But the person that committed suicide was a law enforcement officer that we dispatched for. That every person in the dispatch center that day, which was only five of us, were personal friends with that individual because he was one of those charismatic officers that took time and paid attention and communicated on a a personal level and became friends with those that dispatched for him. And for whatever reason, he committed suicide. We didn't connect all the dots immediately as it happened because it was a chaotic scene, but we knew that they were at his house because he had called for the fire department to assist him. And then we put it together and we were all struck with various emotional impacts that were very, very real for a few of the people that I worked with, people that were much better friends with him than I was. But the reason I tell you this is because I had then the experience of going through a debriefing and the purpose of a critical incident stress debriefing in the high level aspects of it is to recognize that you are not alone and that the feelings that you're having because of a scenario or a situation that you've encountered as a group that everybody's dealing with those similar or same or varying degrees of that experience in their own way. And it's meant to be a support system where professionally trained people come to facilitate and mentor and coach and work your way through that process. And it's meant to identify those that may need that extra level of help, that extra influence and support to get through that traumatic situation. It's an investment into those that experienced that trauma so that they continue to do their job, serve their people, and do the best possible work that they possibly can. And in engineering, it's so often that we get that deliverable out the door and it's gone. And the next priority immediately comes to the top of the stack and we're moving on to it. And people don't even have time to digest what they just worked on and the impact they may have had on that project. And this may not be for every project, but I recommend this on all of your big projects. And big is relative depending on the the company and the type of work that you're doing. But let me explain this debriefing process, this tweak process of my quality control framework. 
and it starts out with a project assessment of the team leadership. So as maybe the project manager and the engineer or architect, if they weren't the project manager, and if they were, then maybe it's that lead designer, that main support, maybe it's their manager, maybe two or three people. Get together and just assess the project. Gather up information on it. Make sure they have the final deliverables. and Maybe a couple iterations of where it came from. The timeline, the billing, the budget, that information. We want to have that all available. We want to look at and identify a few of the really good things that happened and some of the things that might not have been so good that we want to do better from a management team, a leadership team. And then here's where the beauty happens. We pull everybody together, everybody that worked on that job, that deliverable. It might be four other people, might be two other people, might be 10 other people. But the idea is to get everybody into a room to have a discussion. Keep in mind that this discussion and the first time you do this is going to be hard because I guarantee there's a couple things that are going to happen. People's guards are going to go up. Their comfort level is not going to be there. Some people are going to be stressed, have a little anxiety, be a little worried about somebody pointing out something they did or didn't do where they may or may not have dropped a ball. Keep in mind that you're probably the hardest on yourself among those that you work with. Because I know I have my own expectations for what I do, and that bar is set quite high. But as you do this and as you repeat this process, it becomes easier. Because it's an investment in your team. It's an investment in your staff. And you get everybody together. From the most junior person or the newest person. They might have been there two weeks, and they worked on a couple minor markups and changes. They're there. They're in the room. The most senior person that that led the charge in the room. Maybe that billing person. Maybe the person that took care of submittals, took care of the administrative side of things. The billing. They're in the room. And have them there because it's meant to be a discussion. It can be critical. There can be criticism. But the idea is it's not meant to be against one or another. It's to be supportive of one and another. So the first step when you get everybody together is to recognize technical and logistical issues. Start writing them down. Make a list and just go around the room. Things that didn't go right, things that were a struggle, the software glitches, the conflicts, the not getting the appropriate information, not understanding the expectations out of the gate. Was there timing? Was there other projects were competing for their time? So the first step in that room, which is step two of this, is to recognize technical and logistical issues. Just get them out there. Now, step three, once you get those out there, is an open conversation. It's around the room. Everybody has the opportunity to speak in a safe and supportive environment. It's meant or it's important to set some boundaries and create a scenario where it's not a blame game. But if people aren't getting what they need to do their job, this is the opportunity for them to share it. But it's meant to just, and not be long-winded. It's not meant to be like, oh, now this person's going to talk for 25 minutes. No, it's a few minutes. Let's have a conversation and let's go around the room with what you saw it from your eye, from your point of view, how the project went, what your contributions were, what you would have liked, what could have helped you, and just put it out in the room. There have been times that I've experienced this where somebody says, well, I didn't know you were waiting for me, and I didn't know you needed that information. I didn't realize you had that information, 
And that could have really helped me do my job because I was guessing or I was making assumptions, which then created more errors or more questions when the review process happened. So as you work around the room, everybody has the opportunity to share and everybody is encouraged to do so. You then move into essentially a fun part is to formulate the declarations, the things that went well, the things that you can put a feather in your cap for. You were under budget. You were on time. What specifically about this job went really well? And also, where do you need to improve? What could have made it go better? And Make a list. Don't just talk about it. Write it down so everybody can see it. And you want to document each and every one of these because as you share it in different teams and different groups of people and different things, it can be confidential. It doesn't need to have people's names on it that Bill didn't do this or Johnny didn't communicate well with this person or Amanda did this every time and annoyed Sarah. Like, it doesn't need to be specific. It can be confidential, but list out things that really went well. You were on time. You were on budget. You had minimal markups, minimal technical errors. And then the things that you could do better. You were a day behind consistently. You were over budget. But why? Because change orders weren't issued or obtained. Scope creep. Things changed in the design process. Write them down. List them out. The next step is to identify teaching opportunities. And this is not exclusive to that junior person or that new person. Yes, they're going to need, there may be very easy, low-hanging fruit to what opportunities they can easily be taught. But if you're over budget because you aren't getting change orders, maybe you need to have some training and, and formulate some teaching opportunities to project management. Those skills, dealing with confrontation, dealing with those asks. In addition to the technical aspect of the work that you're doing and bringing those up to the next step, that next level, and being purposeful as you identify them. And yet you might come up with a list of 10 things that you want to teach and identify. And you might only have time, because we're all busy, to really focus on two of them. Put deadlines on them. That you're going to come back next week with a a lesson, a luncheon. I'm going to produce some documents for you guys to read or a video for you to read or watch. We're going to make some changes to our standards because we're hearing the same thing from different teams that we're not providing you with the work that you or the support that you need. And finish that discussion on a positive note because here's what happens. Your people, your staff now walk away. Yes, they were able to get those feelings off their chest and they feel good about it because they know that everybody else is pretty much on the same page now. And the most important thing is they know that their opinion matters. And that they can influence the success of your organization. As leaders, if you're somebody that's the leader of the group, the business owner, the manager, you have the opportunity to create and invest in those relationships. The reviewers create and quality control managers and those that review the drawings and documents and things of different people on your team, they come up with or they result in a relationship with the staff. That's unique because those a lot of reviewers know the ins and outs of where people are better or worse, where they need some more support, or they can fly and be free. But you invest in your team. And no matter what happens, at the very end of the meeting, the debriefing, I encourage each and every individual to acknowledge, purposefully acknowledge, write something down, something they can take away. It may be one of the teaching points. 
It may be one of the declarations or the reforms that need to happen, but it might have been a comment from a coworker that Judy said that she could do her job better if she would have had X, Y, Z. And if you had in your mind, you knew what Z was, maybe you just need to do a better job sharing that earlier when that happens. Communication is key. So let's just review these six steps. Project assessment with your team leadership as a group and in a team discussion. Then we move into recognizing technical and logistical issues or challenges. Then an open conversation of each member of the organization, the team. Then we formulate those declarations, those good things, and the reforms, where things need to be improved. We identify teaching opportunities, and then we have a takeaway. That's the individual reflection. Now, if you look at these six things from a managerial point of view, from a program management point of view, they spell profit. Because when you invest in your team, they will pay you back in the work they do, in the value that they add to your organization. Don't ever forget that. If you invest in your team, they will pay you back in the work that they do. So as this wraps up the fifth aspect, the fifth part of my framework for quality control and quality management, I just want to recap one more time what the GREAT framework stands for, G-R-E-A-T, which is gather, review, evaluate, action, and tweak. Don't be afraid to make improvements to your process. Don't be afraid to invest in your team and invest in the staff that work for you. As I've said, as I fully and strongly believe, they will pay you back dividends. Now, if you want to learn more about this framework, more about the opportunities and the information that I share, you can visit brianwagner.co. And there's a ton of information that I continue to add as I speak on this topic, as I share these frameworks and these ideas with engineers and architects and other professionals across the country. You can sign up for a mailing list from me and the information that I try to put out somewhat regularly on ways that you can improve and continue to work on your quality management process. Just like any project, if you look at projects from three years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, the process that we use to review and execute on a quality management perspective is different because it continues to evolve. The work we do evolves. And I want to support you and I want to help you. And this podcast is a major part of that in sharing insights and ideas from a variety of professionals, a variety of disciplines, a variety of backgrounds, a variety of different roles and responsibilities. I look forward to future episodes where we share this information with you because you may not want to invoke the entire five-part framework that we've talked about over the past five episodes. But hopefully there's aspects of it and things that have been said and shared that make you think and make you make decisions maybe a little bit differently, maybe a little bit better informed. That is my goal. I want to help you be the best engineer, the best professional that you possibly can be. So I appreciate your time. Thank you for this. And I look forward to continuing to share this information with you. Please remember that you can find the show notes for this episode at engineeringqualitycontrol.com. Just look for episode number six. There you'll find a summary of the framework and the points discussed in today's episode, as well as links to my website, 
and links to other episodes that you can listen to at any time. Until next time, friends, I wish you the very best in all of your engineering endeavors.